you have intercepted the virtue signal with Bill Whittle and Alfonso Rachel, also known as that knucklehead Zoe. In the era of virtue signaling, where sanctimonious self-righteous liberals preach to us from atop their high donkey of supposed moral supremacy, while being about as woke on virtue as a person on a diet in a donut shop calling donuts racist because they're not low-carb. If you appreciate the content, please support by sharing, and please consider a financial contribution to help us do our part to promote sanity in a world where people boast in science while saying gender is fluid. Links in the description field. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with my friend uh, Alfonso Rachel, and this is The Virtue Signal, where we try to look at kind of the philosophical underpinnings of uh, today's political swirl. Uh, Zoe, we got um, got a real interesting one today. Before we talk about this, I just want to say uh, very quickly to the people watching, because we have a membership that's that's stepped up and decided to pay for shows like this, we get to talk about whatever we want to on this show. And we don't have any fears about anything. There's nobody who can fire us. We had a chance to actually speak the truth, and we wanted to thank the members out there who made it possible and the people who actually made one-time donations over at BillWhittle.com. So, Zoe, I want to go right to the teeth of this because I saw something yesterday that I think really highlights the, the genuine major racial issues in America today. So I saw a clip uh, yesterday about a guy who was an Air Force major, and he was an extremely uh, well-spoken guy, black man, and he had been flying F-22 Raptors, which is the top of the line, absolute top of the world uh, combat aircraft. They're making hundreds of uh, F-35s, but the F-22 Raptor is the top of the line. And this guy was on 60 Minutes, and he was talking about how 11, after 11 years in the Air Force, racism was forcing him out, that, that he couldn't take it anymore, and so he's going to get a degree in Harvard Law. Now, when he listed the reasons why he was leaving the Air Force, he said things like, people expected me to conform, or they said, you're talking too quiet, or you're talking too loud. They said, uh, Gee, you're, you're, you're too intimidating, all, all kinds of things. Here's the thing I want to get to. In the comments section below this, since it was ABC News, there were a number of comments. I probably saw 30 comments from people who were black service people who said, this happens all the time. We see it every day, all the time, everywhere we go. And there were a pretty much equal number of comments from people who said things like, he's, he's upset because they ask him to conform. That's what, that's what the military is. How, how much prejudice could there be if you're leaving as a young major who's flying F-22s? So one side is saying that there's this racism that, that white people just don't see. And the other side is saying, this guy is being either intentionally or unintentionally oversensitive to the same kind of criticisms that apply to everybody. And I looked at these comments and I said, both of these things are true. Mm. Well, I, I tell you what, Bill, um, it's, a, it's a hard one to swallow, man, because I mean, you have, you have a person who's black uh, and in, in this age of everything is white supremacy, it's like, we're gonna go ahead and give this guy the keys to um, an aircraft of, Air superiority, right? So we're getting- the best, the best airplane in the arsenal and the most expensive, right? So let's with give the exception to the B two, yeah, right. So let's give them the keys to that. And in my personal experience, Bill, now when I went to go, um, in, and unfortunately, it never really came to pass. But I, I mean, I wanted to get my commercial license, and you would be surprised how ecstatic they were to say, "You want to learn how to fly? That's awesome, awesome." You know, it was like, and they would tell me, "It's like, man, we wish, we wish that more." Blacks would pursue becoming pilots 
You know, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, well, here I am, man. Let's let's make it happen. You know, they wanted me to be instructor and everything, man. And I didn't even, th- <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, hey, look, man, I just want to go ahead and get my pilot's license. But right. you know, but you're right, Bill. You know, going in, there is going to be this, you know, conformity. There's a reason why it's called GI, government issue. You go in, you belong to the military, right? And this, um, it's a shame that people want to turn the experience into this all about meism. And it's, it's like, okay, look, you're going into the military because you're supposed to be prepared to make a sacrifice, but you're wanting all these sacrifices to be made for you. You know, right. and, and I don't I don't get that. That's it's what a lot of people were saying who were who were opposed to this guy's opinion. Right. You know, and, and, it, and it takes all kinds, Bill, whether it's, you know, people uh, uh, concerning their skin color, concerning their gender, concerning their orientation, all these modifications that have to be done for them, all this watering down. And it's like, look, you're going to go into the military and you're going to get talked to like a dog. You're going to go into the military and you can't do anything right. You're going to have uh, Irish pendants on you that you need. cut. Oh, you can't say Irish pendants anymore that's racist so we're gonna have to change that everything is loose thread for those of you out there who uh <laughs> not up on military jargon if you got a little loose thread hanging that's an irish pennant right and there's and there's reasons for all these things man there's that you're gonna have to be um you're gonna be picked on you're gonna be you know uh cut down and all these sorts of things because there has to be a, an account for all these things you know that people have to do and for people to get so sensitive and hung up about these things where it's and and let me just say this really quick, Bill. If this person is deciding that he's going to give up flying and he wants to go into Harvard Law because he wants to take this social justice thing to a whole nother level, then maybe they were right about him. It's like, man. That's, that's, that's what I was thinking what a lot you know of other what I'm people saying? were thinking. Okay. I'm not crazy yeah, then. They were saying, no, no. They were saying he was alluding to the fact that, that the rest of his squadron mates uh, were, were giving him a hard time and saying things like, I'm not trying hard enough. Mm. Well, maybe after, if you decide to walk away from the F-22 Raptor Mm. in order to go to Harvard Law School, maybe there is a a, a lack of commitment to your squadron that your your squadron mates are seeing, and maybe it has nothing to do with your skin color. Mm -hmm. And this this was my impression too, but I I do want to address this, and I I really want to be fair about it. The number of of people, number of black servicemen who, who just said, see the same thing every single time, Convince me that there's clearly something going on here mm. that that is not just this guy's imagination. Um, I I don't know how much of it is real. That's why we thought we'd talk about it today. Mm. I have a friend of mine, good friend of mine, who back in the 80s was an air traffic controller in the Air Force, and he was a sergeant, and he was responsible for training new trainees. Mm. And he said he he noticed not not an awful lot, but but enough for it to register mm. that he would give instructions or corrections to people and then and then occasionally he would give instructions or or corrections or whatever to black enlisted men and they got very resentful and and would later make a report that it was because of racism Mm. and i think there's certainly some of that out there yeah but there is also you can't deny the testimony of all of those people who said no there's definitely a sense of of uh unacceptance Mm-hmm. Uh, that that they're out there. So so what about this idea that it's clear that that there are many people out there, many white people think there, there just isn't any any racial prejudice out there anymore. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about guys like at your flight school, that's certainly how I would react and how all the people I know would react. Be very glad to see you. Mm-hmm. But they're reacting to something. These people sure. that that posted all those things. Yes, and and like I said, but there's there's enough truth to go around. 
for for all of it. Um, I'm not the, I'm not the kind of person who says that there is no such thing as systemic racism. And I'm not the kind of person that says that there's no white supremacy or, or anything that makes a person feel uncomfortable. What I do say is, yes, these things exist and and follow the trail to where it goes. You know, say so for me, I can see that all these this white privilege, white supremacy, um, uh, systemic racism. It's like, look, you can follow the Democrats for that. That's that's a real yep. thing. And I don't give them a free pass as far as that goes. Um, now, now with this, it's like everything it's we're being made, Bill, we're being made to see racism in everything. And it's, it's going to make people overly sensitive about it. Like, and let, I'm going to kind of tr- rabbit trail here just a little bit. I'm actually seeing people getting uh, offended because like when you see the commercials and stuff like that, a lot of commercials are showing interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are people who are being made to feel like it's being shoved down their throats. Now, nobody should really feel like that because, it, hey, that is America. It's like, you know, there's there's interracial relationships. It's a real thing in America. And it's and it's nothing to be hung up on. However, it is a kind of thing to get hung up on when you see the agenda of it. Like like for myself, I, I I made a production where there was an interracial relationship. And the thing about it was it was just supposed to look normal. And I, I was hoping conservatives would help me get ahead of this because I knew that if they didn't, the liberals would take off with it and they would do something perverted with it. Right. And they're doing that. And people are starting. It's like every once in a while I see where people are. I'm getting sick of this. I'm I'm tired of this whole interracial thing getting shoved down our throat. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's like you're helping them do what they're uh, agenda is planning for. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to make people sick of this and trying to draw racism out of people. All that to say, uh, Bill, yes, you can see it where these people start making these cons- uh, um, comments about it because people are being made to be overly sensitive about it and will find racism in anything. They'll find sexism in anything. You name it, man. Like, you know, we talked about earlier. It could be flipping Dr. Seuss. Racist. <laughs> Well, they're, they're, what, what those conservatives are reacting to, and I agree to a large degree, they're, mm. they're kind of being trolled into it. Mm. But, but the, there is something that they're reacting to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, if you look at modern advertising, especially in the last year or two, the amount of mixed race relationships and things like a bank commercial, mm. I mean, it's virtually 100%. Uh, or, or at the very least, it's, it's 0% uh, white people. Mm. That, this, that all across the advertising spectrum now, this is what people have to do in order to avoid the woke mob. Yeah. And I think people are reacting a little bit to being written out of their own culture. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a whole different story, which we'll probably do on another episode mm-hmm. here. But, but you say something you know, that's really profound, and that is this idea that we're being made to do it. Uh, I don't want to give away the punchline, but uh, my uh, Moving Back to America show this week is about a story on how racist the national parks are. Mm. And I broke down the statistics and you you realize just how much in this particular case the LA Times and ABC News are manufacturing synthetic injustice to keep people enraged about something that's not a problem at all. When right. you look at the, at the at the locations and demographics, it's just not a problem. It's it's a problem that is created by lying with statistics, and I'm able to show you exactly how much of a lie that is. Mm. But the but the bigger issue is is that this is all of, this is what the um, the Frankfurt School theory says. 
if we're going to have a totalitarian world, we cannot have one without with America standing in the way. Hmm. We cannot have a country predicated on, on liberty and on individuality standing in the way of us ruling the world. And so if we're going to bring down America, and America is not going to go down economically because communism is a failure and capitalism is an enormous success. American workers are have cars and homes and air conditioning and all the rest of it. So the Frankfurt School said, let's make this about the dispossessed. They're going to be the van of the revolution. We're going to use critical theory to convince every single um, minority group and every single identity group in the country that this country is the worst place in the world and it is it exists to basically steal from you and keep you down. And the entire point of critical theory is you can't have Hispanics criticizing blacks or, or gays criticizing women. Everything has to criticize the middle. And, and this is the kind of thing that I saw with this guy. And, and I think one of the reasons, though, you know, is it, I saw a, a segment that our friend Glenn, uh, Glenn Reynolds did on, um, on Fox. And he said, like, the percentage of people in this country who actively identify themselves as, like, woke activists, he said it's like 3%. Mm. He said if they're loud enough, that's enough mm -hmm. to, to really change a culture, bring it down. And I get the sense that, that all across the country, everywhere, everybody is watching this happen and no one can believe it's happening. And nobody knows why such a small, small number of people, bad people with bad agendas, are making such enormous changes and getting away with it. And I realize that it's got to do with guilt and fundamentally decency. I think you might have mentioned this on one of our shows. I'm going to do the next show after this one on the national park system. I'm going to, in, in movies or TV, I'm sure you know this. If you watch a scene where you've got a, a like a, a TV series and you've got this horrible battle ranging and, and people are just dropping dead everywhere, but you've got your four characters who are your regular characters, they somehow managed to survive this battle. And when it's obvious like that, kind of the inside joke is to say, well, they're wearing their plot armor, hmm. right? They've got their plot armor on. They can't be killed in this battle because we need them later in the plot. Mm -hmm. One of the things you said, I'm pretty sure, was, was, the, was the idea that that these people have underdog armor, the idea that the underdog is automatically right mm. is, is a big part of the American psyche, mm -hmm. the identification with the underdog in, in America, the decency of thinking that the little guy fighting the big guy is a, is a good story. But when you get right down to it, I think the reason that people assume this is because for our entire lives, we've been given movies and TV shows and songs and everything else about how the underdog is morally superior, always, mm -hmm. and the people who have the, the power are automatically oppressors and wrong. That's a great story to tell, but it doesn't necessarily reflect the real world. Indeed, it's not, you know, and, uh, and, and I hope that folks realize that that's why movies are called movies, and, and it's supposed to be a thing where you're supposed to suspend disbelief. But the thing is, is that we keep trying to make movies believable. You know, you, you want to make sure that you're in the experience. So it's, it's like a hard thing. You know, it's like we know that this is supposed to be fantasy, but we keep trying to make these things as plausible as possible to reflect reality or ref reality reflect the movie. I don't know which one it's, it's supposed to be. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about reality and, and when we're you know talking about um, illegal immigrants and stuff like that, you know, we're made to believe that America is this racist and oppressive country. And I've said this for a long time. It doesn't it doesn't add up. And it's like, if you really think that that's what it is, why is everybody trying to come here? 
You know, it's it, yeah. That's kind of funny how that works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's go to that racist, oppressive country, America, and then curse it for being just like the place we just left. I don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense, right? What when I'm watching this uh, interview of this guy, really brilliant guy, mm. and and hundreds of comments saying, "We're so sorry about this, about this horrible oppression that you've experienced, and and good luck in the world, and 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 so on, mm. and, and on and on and on." And every now and then, somebody would say something like. Um, gee, I wonder if the Chinese would have let you fly their their top fighter, uh-huh. or or whether the um, Russians would have, or mm. whether anybody else would have, and and so here we are with this world where we just end up talking past each other, and and if you tell some people that there that there is a sort of a systematic issue there. They'll say, no, I'm not a racist, so therefore it doesn't exist. And conversely, if you tell other people that no, the, the, the enormous majority of people in this country, white people and black people, all of them, are, are people of goodwill who just want to be, want people to succeed. But that can't possibly be true either. Mm. It's this manufacturing of injustice and it's, and it's, it's an indication sometimes of how little genuine injustice there is remaining. There's certainly been there in the past. But as you watch the progressives focus more and more and more on smaller and smaller and smaller issues like this one, how much injustice really is there? This guy's uncle, by the way, mm. was a Tuskegee Airman. Mm. Now, that guy experienced real, genuine prejudice and racism. Yes. And I think, and a couple of people said, they, that that uncle would have been very disappointed with this guy who, after 11 years, has decided that he can't take it anymore <laughs> And is, and is leaving the F-22 and heading to Harvard Law School, and I would bet a political career beyond it as well. And when you watch him interacting with his squadron mates on the video, he's seems to be great. And I said, what was, it, what was it like learning how to fly the F-22? He says, oh, it was an absolute blast. I don't. I don't imagine that anybody who's genuinely oppressed would ever say something like that. You know, what was, uh, well, did you enjoy, you know, you know, not having to do this in the coal mines when you went down there? You know, was, how, was, how was the coal mining thing you had to do? It was an absolute blast. Um, so here we are. And, and the only way to get past these things is to actually talk about them and understand that there's some truth to both sides. But what's, what I think is relevant about this story is that 60 Minutes... Create, created the story of institutionalized racism in the United States Air Force, presented one side of the story, mm. made every single vague assumption, they looked at me funny, or I thought that this guy was treating me different. Mm. All of that was taken verbatim as, as evidence of, of institutionalized racism. Nobody's telling the other side of the story. Nobody was there saying, listen, if you're going to be a fighter pilot of any kind, your life is going to consist of people, including your, especially your squadron mates, making things as difficult for you as possible because they know they've got to depend on you. And, and this is not the kind of job for people who are mm-hmm. easily offended. If you're going to be a combat pilot, mm-hmm. you've got to have nerves of steel and you've got to have ice water in your veins. You, if you get emotional, you're going to die. And this guy struck me as, as very emotional. And so now the question is, was the racism real or was it a question of his buddies in the Air Force saying, you know, this guy's kind of a showboat. This guy seems to be posturing for a political position or whatever the case may be. The point is, is that 60 Minutes did nothing to to even suggest, let alone produce, nothing to suggest that there might be any other reason for this other than this institutional and growing 
racism in the Air Force, which, of course, needs to be completely restructured. Indeed, man. It's, uh, there's, there's no room for it, you know, for, for racism anywhere. Um, and, there's, and there's no room for uh, it, it just in, in, that, in that tight cockpit, man. There's no room for these insecurities. You know, there's just is it. And, and like I said, I'm not there. But at the same time, I do have my experiences with it. And people will try to play this up. And it's like, look, man, I really try not to base how I look at the world on my uh, my own personal experience. I'm just not that selfish. My ego is just not that big to where it's Imagine like, that. You know, <laughs> I know I, I, <laughs> my hat barely fits on my head because my head is I, keep, I try to keep my peanut head pretty small. I try not to let it inflate too much. But the thing is, I can't view the world and judge the world as this general thing based on my own experiences. Um, you know, but as far as he goes, you know, hey, maybe he really did, but it's one of those things, again, Bill, it's, it's, you have to be able to keep those things in check, man, because worse things could happen to you. You know, if you get, like, say, for instance, you get shot down and you get captured, they're going to do mm -hmm. a heck of a lot worse. And they're going to have some real prejudices against you, man. Trust me. So the thing is, you know, but people, we're in a culture where people have to compete with their victimhood. I'm more of a victim. It's like a competition. Yeah. man. We can hand out trophies for who's the bigger victim. And, yep. and the bigger victim you are somehow the more empowered you are. That's an oxymoron for real, man. I'm a, I'm a highly empowered victim. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, and Booker T. Washington, you know, he talked about these things. There's people who are going to capitalize on these things. People who are going to play up the plight of other, particularly he's talking about as far as, as the black community goes, there's going to be people who are going to play up the plight and they're going to make an industry of these things. And, uh, you know, so from the get go, unfortunately with the black community, Right out, right out the shoot, man. They're taught to be victims. You know, like even, uh, um, there was one thing on the news where this woman was talking to, uh, her kid about the proper etiquette to being stopped by police. When you're stopped by police, you have to do this. You have to do this because you're, because you're black. It's like, no, if you get stopped by police, you have to do this. You'd have to do this because you got stopped by police. Doesn't matter what color you are. But right from the get go, this person is teaching their kid to be insecure. Right. Right. It's your stop. You're and, and be nervous and terrified when a policeman comes up. And if a policeman comes up to a car and sees somebody very antsy and nervous, then the policeman's, uh, you know, uh, radar starts to go off and he starts getting a little tense because most people don't behave that way if they haven't done anything. And, and, and the next thing you know, you're in you're in that place. right it's it, it leads so bad thing. so it's it's a weird like i said bill uh pride and insecurity are two sides of the same coin you're you're taught to be so insecure but at the same time have so much pride in your race it's like well which one is it which one am i supposed to be so that will follow a person even all the way up they'll take that insecurity and rather than just being grateful dude yep. you can't be grateful that you get to you know, despite what everybody else is like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. You can call me this. You can call me that while I'm getting ready to go fly into this, go into this fly flying machine. You know, that, that yeah, is, this guy, th th that's that's the argument that but but the arguments were five or six to one in terms of you poor man. I'm so sorry you had to endure this. Mm -hmm. But other people were pointing out how prejudice can the Air Force be mm -hmm. if they are giving this person who they are, according to the accusations, assume is an inferior person, how prejudiced can the Air Force be giving him one of a limited number, never more to be created, mm -hmm. of the best fighter jet in the Air Force? It's a little tough to talk about how you've been kept down while you're, while you're a major coming out of the F-22s voluntarily to go to Harvard Law School. It's just a lot of people felt like 
honestly. And and I'll just give you one more thing to wrap this this segment up. I've been very lucky. In fact, this is my favorite part of the, the work I do. I've had a chance to actually interface with the military on a number of different occasions. I had a naming ceremony for me by actual Air Force pilots when I, back when I was flying. Wow. And, yeah, it was amazing. It was one of the best days of my life. And when they're picking your call sign, they're looking – you don't get to go around and say, I'm Maverick and I'm Iceman. <laughs> no. The entire purpose of your call sign is to remind you of your weaknesses and to poke you in the side all the time mm. so that you don't get overly confident. Mm. And when they were trying to pick call sign names for me, the only one that I can mention on the show as a possibility was gay porn. That was one of the call <laughs> signs that was available for me. Now, I chose not to take that personally. But I suppose I could have. And I've also been, for instance, there's one of my favorite videos uh, on the web is a, is a bunch of shooters uh, doing gagging style, guys launching off a carrier deck. Mm. And one of the guys doing that is, uh, is uh, I think, Captain Spears or Major Spears. Mm. And his call sign is Brittany. Mm. Now, pretty obvious why you'd call him that. And I think if you got overly upset about the fact that you wanted to be Iceman, but you ended up being called Brittany, mm then maybe the Air Force isn't for you. Mm. And and I've also been on board both a destroyer and a submarine, and I understand when visitors are on, on a ship, I understand that that is not the behavior that goes on all the time because when you're in the company of strangers in your house, you don't necessarily – well, you put on clothes, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, but, but what I was very interested in was I was watching the people who were not in my immediate vicinity. If we were talking with a, an officer over here, I was looking down the hall, I was looking in the in the uh, mess area, and, and I was looking at people who were in the corner of the hangar on the destroyer. And I was watching how they interacted with each other. And the thing that struck me about what I saw in the military was that this is the most colorblind society I'd ever seen, mm. that there were so many people from so many different areas. And I sat and talked to a guy who had been uh, basically from a real poor neighborhood in New York, and, and he was and he was going to get a football scholarship, but they canceled the football program. He's in the Navy. When he gets out, he's going to go back to his neighborhood, start a, a football thing. And this guy seemed absolutely, completely at ease mm. here. And and that's why I see things like this. And, and uh, to be honest with you, I watched it yesterday. It just, heart, it just once again, just kind of broke my heart, you know? Not just watching it, but watching the number of people that, that wow, this guy must have really suffered. I tell, I tell you, man, you know, one, like, just like you said, you know, when you're going to fly this uh, plane, look, man, I don't, I don't, we don't see how racism play, uh, plays into it. I mean, we could say the same thing about Obama being president. It's like, really? All this racism that y'all are talking about? Well, we had a black president. You know that, right? And, um, but, you know, working around um, military personnel, when, when I hear bigotry uh, in the military, I don't think I've ever heard, the only time I ever hear the N-word so much is, well, one, if, I'm, if I happen to hear uh, a, a gangster rap album, I hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I'm next to military personnel, I don't think I've ever heard the N-word used so much in my life, right? Um, and it, it, it starts to grate on you, I'm just like, how are you guys going to sit there and complain about race? Because they'll complain about racism. But I'm like, nobody calls each other the N-word more than you guys do. And not only that, you you have this music that you guys bump loud and white people are listening to it also, which means that you're inviting them to say the N-word as well. And this industry makes billions of dollars off of doing that. And then while you have white people going out there singing along to the N-word song, then you want to turn around and call them racist and accuse them of using racial slurs. It's like something that you can't 
win. So I know that there is this element of bigotry that people hear and they hear all this racial language. But, you know, it's a lot of this stuff is things that they invite and they heap it onto themselves. And, you know, at some point, you know, people need to. But they'll but they'll accuse they'll say they'll justify it. You know, they'll justify and say, well, it's just a, uh, it doesn't mean anything. Well, if it has no value, why do you keep saying it? And, or it's just, if it's just a term of endearment, then why is it that you just got mad at this person and you're ready to fight with them and you're calling them the N-word all day long? It sounds like a pretty hateful term to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we, they make an environment of these things. They, they invest in this environment of things and then they want to turn around and accuse the military of being a racist environment. I've often wondered if somebody would do all of us a favor and just put a, print a card out, mm. uh, just a, a, a card with, this is the skin tone, darker than this go- skin tone, you can use the N-word, lighter than this tone, no. Uh, I, I, it'd be convenient for everybody. <laughs> you could just kind of hold it up to your face and see whether you're allowed to use this word or not. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is, um, this is why we're here. Uh, nobody seems to have the courage to ask simple questions out there anymore because so many people are so deep in their trenches. Alfonso, Rachel, and I have a chance to talk about these things because we deeply respect each other's work and we're friends and we both know we're people of goodwill. And and I think most, all of the countries that way as well. Uh, the only way to get past this stuff is to talk about it. The way and the, and the way to make things worse is to go down the progressive road of saying, you can't possibly understand this because you're white. To me, that's like me saying, how can you possibly understand Hamlet because you're black? Mm. This is set in Denmark. How could you possibly <laughs> connect to with this? It's a lie. It's an evil lie. Mm-hmm. And it's a dirty lie. Yes. And it's got to be fought at every opportunity. Uh, for my friend Alfonso Rachel, I'm Bill Whittle. This is The Virtue Signal. We'll see you next time right here at BillWhittle.com. All right, y'all. Welcome to my side hustle from the Virtue Signal called The Signal Response. Virtue Signal is the jam that I do with uh, Bill Whittle, available at BillWhittle.com. He also has the YouTube channel here. And uh, so this is me uh, basically uh, uh, responding to folks who are kind enough to tune into um, our, our content. Uh, called the virtue signal where we you know explore what what is virtue man virtue according to who right so the thing that i bring to the table is uh you know uh the the foundation of the word of god that said we're going to build a perception of virtue if we're going to understand what virtue is man we need a a solid foundation of what to do that from and the word of god is is what i offer up uh, as far as that goes and um so in this episode of the virtue signal uh we we came across um uh, a man who decided that uh, racism was just so bad, you know, the racism against him was so bad that uh, he had to, he, he had, he's got to leave the military. Um, he just doesn't want to fly the F-22 anymore and just wants to be a lawyer. Interesting. Is that, okay, uh, you know, and I got the link to the video where Bill and I talk about this. And, and uh, from my perspective, I'm like, man, it, it doesn't seem to make any sense, man, that uh, if, if it's so racist in the military and you think that there's so much white supremacy in the military, it doesn't make sense that they would give you the keys to an aircraft of air superiority. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, that you, you, you get to fly like the, 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 the echelon of, of aircraft, man, of, of fighter planes. And, uh, and, and you're hung up on racism that that doesn't seem logical, man. It's, uh, I, I think, I, I think you're looking too hard. I think, I think in this case, you're overly sensitive. And, uh, if, if, 
you feel like people drove you out of the military? Uh, you know, I don't know. It might it might might have been because they had an instinct about you because I think you're probably just a little bit too sensitive uh, to to uh, being a pilot. I don't. You can't you can't get to that status, man. Uh, with with all this racism that's against you, it's like okay, yeah, yeah, we're racist, but we're gonna give you over. You know, we're gonna give this plane over to you, man. And uh, I don't know, I don't know. And don't get me wrong, y'all, because and we talk about this. I'm not, I'm not making excuses for anybody. I'm not saying that there is no racism. It's like there, there, there is. Um, there is some racism out there, but I, I, I think. Uh, well, one thing, one thing I know for sure. I'm not gonna. You know me, y'all. Y'all listen to me. I don't. I don't say that there's no systemic racism. I don't say that there's no white supremacy. I don't say that uh, you know these things don't exist. Uh, but I know where it comes from. Right. And, and when you have conservatives out there talking about there's no systemic racism or uh, white privilege and, and uh, all that sort of stuff, you, you guys are giving the Democrats a pass. Remember, they're the institution of that. And when you say that these things don't exist, you just wipe the Democrats slate clean and you leave it. You leave the field wide open for the Democrats to go and blame you. And that's why people think that the party switch sides. And that's why they're able to accuse you of racism, because you guess you just gave the Democrats a pass. I'm trying to tell you guys, don't do that. Right. Uh, however, if this is one of those cases like, look, man, uh, I, I think you're way, way too sensitive about race. You're way too insecure. Uh, you've allowed yourself to be way too insecure about it to where it's like, uh, you know, you think that you're going to be freed from, <laughs> from racism by going uh, into being a, a lawyer. Right. Especially when you have uh, when our, our, our justice, our justice system is a legion of uh of liberals and democrats right legions of lawyers who are liberals and democrats and these activist judges and stuff like that who do you think is putting all these black folks in jail <laughs> right so it's like when you look at these areas where you got high black incarceration rate and stuff like that and this uh prison industrial complex is like okay yeah yeah it, it does it does exist and look who's running the um look run the justice system right so uh i don't think this person is as woke as he thinks he is and if he's going to be offended by all the black folks that are in jail, you just make sure who your colleagues are. Uh, these people that you're going to be rubbing elbows with. Well, they're Democrats and they're the ones who are, going to, who are putting these people, who are putting black folks behind bars. Uh, that's Democrats. That's that systemic racism that conservatives say doesn't exist. And you guys would do yourself a favor to stop saying that because it's Democrats who seem to have a fetish for putting black folks behind bars. All right. So and you guys are letting them off the hook with that. And you wonder why they're able to do the stuff that you because you just gave up your weapons. You, you, you like laid down your weapons. You just let them take it. And they're using them on you. Uh, so this person, I think, is just being overly sensitive. But anyway, I talk, you know, about that stuff, you know, with Bill Whittle. I hope you guys will check out the episode. In the meantime, I'm just responding to, to people's feedback in it because I'm very grateful that you guys tune into the show. And I just want to wrap with you a little bit, you know, examine some of you guys' feedback, you know, chop it up a little bit. And, uh, you know, maybe some of the stuff I may disagree with, maybe some of the stuff I just really agree with and I, I want to share it with other folks, you know. And uh, like I said, at the end of the day, I'm just grateful that you guys tune in and I just want to say thank you. Uh, so one of the uh, uh, inputs that we got was from uh, Carl Ranke. Uh Please forgive me, Carl, if I, if I said your name wrong here. Used to YouTube user Paul uh, Carl Ranky, R-E-I-N-K-E, uh, says that I have said for a very long time that the very that by the very act of bringing up race in every aspect of life, we are actually creating more racist. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of truth to that, and a lot of people like it. That uh, I usually see that meme that goes around when Morgan Freeman say, "You want to know how you solve race? <laughs> you, you you throw it into the cornhole. I mean, uh, the wormhole. Or I mean, uh, anyway, uh, you know how you solve race? You just you just stop talking about it. Right? Just stop talking about it. That's my that's my Morgan Freeman voice. How'd I do? Did I do okay? All right." 
No, through the through the <clears throat> through the cornhole. Uh through the wormhole. Uh now he says uh and, and the sad part of it is that uh I think right around the time that Morgan Freeman <laughs> said, you know how you solve race, uh you stop talking about it. And I think not too long after he started going off about how racist the Tea Party was like, Morgan, hey, hey, you're, you're talking about racism. Uh, I thought you said to not talk about it anyway. Uh, but um, it's one of those things, y'all, where we're, we're talking about race and, and, and the, the objective of this, y'all, the, the objective of Democrats with doing this, the Democrats, of course, they want to have an, a race war because they're obsessed with race. And they know, and, and y'all, this goes all the way back to the Confederacy. With the, with the Democrats' obsession with race, their obsession with owning black people, right? That's the Confederacy. Uh, and for you conservatives out there who have this strange, sick sympathy with the Confederacy, you wonder why people think that the party switched sides. The Confederacy wasn't just some uh, entity that existed because it thought that, you know, Lincoln was so oppressive. The Confederacy was Democrats. The Confederacy was represented by Democrats. They established the Confederacy. They were rebels against the Constitution then. They're rebels against the Constitution now. They want to impose their will on people today the same way that they wanted to impose their will on people back then. But I guess it only matters when they want to impose their will on you. Now, that you, now you can see them as these authoritative tyrants who want to impose their will because they want to impose their will on you. But it didn't seem that way when they wanted to impose their will on black folks, right? And so you guys don't make the correlation with the Democrats to the Confederacy. You just see the Confederacy. It's American history. It's about liberty and states' rights and all that sort of stuff. And then you wonder why people think that you're the racist who switch sides with Democrats, that you are the Democrats, that you're the Dissecrats. Okay? You don't seem to understand that the Confederacy was the psychotic ty uh, um, tyrant-infested uh, Democrats. That's who the Confederacy was. You don't get it that they were Democrats. While you're out there making arguments for the Confederacy, it's like it's sad. It's sad because they 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 don't realize what they're doing to themselves, you know. But um, at any rate, uh, the Democrats using race then, this whole thing that was about race then is the same thing now, and they're trying to force people to be sick of each other. Why? Because they want the destruction of the republic. Why? It's like people wonder, it's like, why? Why do Democrats want to destroy America? Y'all, it's very simple. Because their worldview, they can't stand it. They can't stand it that our rights are God-given. They don't like that. Please hear me out on this. Democrats do not like it that our rights are God-given. They hate God. All right? And they want a democracy, not a republic, where these laws are fixed and set. We're, we're under the rule of law, a, a law that is based in the fact that our rights are God-given. Well, Democrats don't want that. They want a democracy. Democrats, democracy, because they want to be able to outvote what our rights are positioned on. They want to be able to outvote God. Our rights come from God. Democrats do not like that. They want to be able to outlaw that. They want whatever they feel entitled to, to be Law. That's what they want us to be ruled by, not under the rule of law that is established by God and a government that is supposed to maintain our God-given rights. So Democrats want to be able to impose their will on other people. They want other people to facilitate what they feel entitled to. That's just who they are. Right. They want the popular vote. That's when we talk about Democrats. When you break the word down, let's talk about what's popular and they want the popular vote. Right. And usually selfish ideals tend to be very popular. 
Self-righteous ideals, selfish ideals, people did things that people feel entitled, indulgences and, and stuff like that. Comforts facilitated by other people. These things tend to be very popular, right? And this is what Democrats go for. Um, so one of the ways to get people to do that is, uh, is, is targeting people's insecurities, right? Uh, making people victims. Now, Democrats will get out there and actually victimize people and turn them into victims. And because people are blind, blinded by the, 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 the rage of being uh, violated, victimized and stuff like that, they can't, it's like they're not clear on who their um, um, victimizers were. And then you have the Democrats saying, oh, it was them. It was them. Right. And then Democrats act like they're the ones who can save them. And that's how Democrats operate. They're accusers. Right. They go and they make the violation and then they accuse somebody else of doing it. And then people trust the accuser by default because the, the accuser is supposed to be the virtuous one who is trying to admonish somebody else. Right. So it makes the, the Democrats look virtuous. And Democrats are still, not, still doing that crap today. They want to destroy the republic. And their, their, their biggest weapon, their biggest weapon is the race narrative, and which, which conservatives help them do. Conservatives, they, they just don't understand that. And in, in their pride, they refuse to understand it. Um, but they give the Democrats everything that they need to be able to promote this narrative. And the ones that they, and, um, the ones that they have on the front line, line to fire the weapon of racism are blacks. They get to blacks first, right? They get to blacks first and then they start conditioning them. The, black folks aren't inherently enemies of America. Black folks are taught to be. Democrats make sure they get to them early, right? Making sure that they're under, they get to black folks, they make sure, Democrats make sure that they're in Sesame Street, <laughs> right? They make sure that they're in them cartoons and stuff like that. They make sure that they're teaching your kids and conservatives be sending, sending their kids to school to learn all this wokeness. Right. Democrats are influencing your kids. You paying for it. Dem conservatives be like, we need to do something about these indoctrination camps. And you know that they're indoctrination camps. We need to get our kids back in school. So why are you trying to send our kids back to these indoctrination camps? Right. But that's where Democrats are. They've been there for decades teaching your kids. Right. And the biggest target for them to indoctrinate are black kids. Right. They got to get to them first. They got to make sure that they're in nice and insecure. Right. Make sure that they see themselves as slaves and all insecure about that and whatnot. And Democrats play to that and, and uh, Democrats target that insecurity and just bolster it. They keep feeding, feeding that insecurity. Right. So that's why you end up seeing a person who can fly an F-22 Raptor and be like, everybody's racist. and I don't want to be a pilot anymore. It's like, wow, dude, seriously. That's why we have stuff like that. Democrats play on that stuff. Uh, and the, the objective, y'all, is to make us sick of each other because they do want a race war. Right. They want another civil war. It's going to be centered around race again for those conservatives out there who say, oh, the, the, the civil war had nothing to do with slavery. Oh, my God. And you guys are not helping. Right. You, you, you seem to forget we're dealing with Democrats here. The Confederacy, Democrats. OK, when you when you guys when you knuckleheads out there keep trying to say that the civil war had nothing to do with race, you just gave the Democrats a pass and you obviously don't know who Democrats are. You don't know. You really don't understand who Democrats are and you don't know who the Republican Party is. Is that you guys call yourselves Republicans, but you really don't know you. You don't know who they are. You don't know who you are as a Republican. I guess the only reason why you don't like Democrats and you want to call yourself a Republican is what? You don't like taxes? You know, gee, or, or what? You're afraid that the Democrats are going to come and get your guns and that's why you don't like Democrats? You want to be a Republican without really understanding what it is to be a Republican and you don't even know who the Democrats are? If you don't, if you can't make the connection, if you do not understand that the Confederacy was the Democrats, you do not know who Democrats are. 
while you're out there talking about Confederate history is American history and you make bolster while giving the Democrats a pass. It's really sad, man. It's so flipping sad, right? These, sorry, these people get on my nerves. Um, but anyway, um, the Democrats are at it again and they're making us sick of each other. They want, it's, and the sad part of this is that it's working. A lot of these conservatives, it's working on them. You see these conservatives right now? It's like you could, you could feel it, right? You could feel the Democrats getting to it and, 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 and making these conservatives be the uh, people who are, are, having a, who are developing an animus against you know, people of color. And when I say people of color, I'm just talking about people who aren't white. I'm not talking about blacks in particular. I'm talking blacks, Mexicans, Asians, whichever. Democrats are doing that, and, and conservatives are falling for it. It's sad. Conservative, it's like it's it's so sad that conservatives they think that uh, you know a lot not not all not all but too many, too many conservatives think that they're immune to um, the influence of Democrats and I'm sorry you you're just not yeah Democrat I mean you got a lot of conservatives out there think that the Democrats have manipulated blacks and manipulated women and manipulated Jews and manipulated uh, you know all these people who are voting for them you know but but you got a lot of conservatives these same conservatives they're they're being manipulated by democrats too when you got conservatives out there waving the confederate flag basically waving around the democrats flag yeah they got to you too trust me all right so the confederate flag has nothing to do and uh with with republicans those who wore who waved the confederate flag were morbid enemies of republicans all right they they were set, they had murderous hatred against you all right, while you think that it's all about your Southern pride and all that sort of Confederate flag has nothing to do with Southern pride. That's something that you were you were influenced to believe. They they played they played on your um, territorial sentiments. That's what Democrats do. They play on the pride and sentiments of people, their race, their gender, their territory. That's why the war became known as something between the North and the South. It wasn't really about the North and the South. It was between Republicans and Democrats. Abolitionist Republicans who said slavery has to stop. Democrats, you can't just be taking people's liberty. And Democrats were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're entitled to this. And there was a war. No, nah, no, nah, Lincoln was a tyrant who, who took away habeas corpus and all that. He was just Northern aggression. It's like, okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're gonna come after Lincoln and give the Democrats a pass for all the nasty stuff that they were doing? But, but the, the, the North, they had slaves too. Of course the North had slaves because they had Democrats there. When were Republicans able to have some slavery? The second the Republican party was established, they went to war to end slavery. When did they have time to own slaves? Right. It was Democrats doing that. But people get caught up in their in their sentiments, territorial sentiments. That's why the rebel, the, the Confederate flag has become associated as a symbol of Southern uh, culture. It wasn't Southern. All right. It's not a symbol of Southern pride. It's a symbol of Democrat shame. That's what the Confederate flag is. Democrats put that together. You got these Southern Republicans out there waving around the Democrat flag. Ooh, let's go to NASCAR. And you got the American flag. And you got the Trump flag. And you got the Confederate flag. Right? And, and you wonder why people think the party switched sides. Well, you got that flag out there that was sewn together by the Democrat party. And you waving their flag. And you don't think they got to you? You don't think they got in your head? <sighs> Sad, man. Sad. You guys do it to that pride, dude. I'm telling you. So, Democrats have masterfully manipulated conservatives. Yes, conservatives, you've been masterfully manipulated. You play into the Democrats' hands every time. And, they, and Democrats know what they're doing. And their, and their objective is to make you, they're making you dislike, right? And trying to get you to where you hate people who are not, when I talk about conservatives, I'm talking about uh, white conservatives, right? White Republican voters. Right. They're trying to make you sick. 
They're trying to make you sick of other nationalities, right? Trying to just just pull it out of you. And and a lot of conservatives are falling for it. You can feel it, right? Sorry, sorry, it's it's a feeling. You can you can detect it. And uh, you, I see it in the comments and stuff like that. You got a whole bunch of conservative posting, black guy, look, look what this black guy did. Look what this black guy did. You know, it's always, you know, oh, now look what the black guys are doing, right? Trying to show that. Why? Why? Because you got a lot of these, you know, white conservatives that are, that are out there. They're so sick of the media, you know, saying white cop did this. White cop is like, I get it. And so their response, to, and, and this is how uh, a lot of conservatives responded. Well, look what this black guy did. What about what black people are doing? Look what black people are doing. Right. Is that the best you got? Right. To respond by saying, well, look, you know, you, you, we need to talk about the bad stuff that black people are doing because the media is always just talking about what white cops are doing or what white people are doing. So let's let's point out what black people are doing. Right. I don't like either one. I hate the whole I don't give it. I don't give it into this, this garbage of race narrative. I got my admonishments for, for, for uh, these white elitist liberals who are doing it in the mainstream media. And I got my admonishments for these sucker conservatives who are, who are being led by the nose. By these Democrats, they, you're, you're, you're loud. You've told it. I'm, I'm, man, talk about Sith mind tricking somebody. Conservatives are falling for this, playing right into their hands, man. Maybe, maybe it's like, you know, you can talk about conservative, you know, news and all, all you want. Maybe y'all need to turn that off for a minute because they're making they're making bank off of you. What are you getting? While these conservative, you know, uh, news channels, whether it's Fox News or OAN or, or Newsmax or whichever, what are you what are you getting from it right what are you getting you're not really the only thing you're getting is angry well you think you're getting informed they're making bank off of you man they're making bank off of y'all and 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 they're, and they're they're just keeping their ratings up because you're just tuning in because you want to indulge in being angry and you don't even know how you're being manipulated by both the left-wing media and the right-wing media okay and I, and, and don't get me wrong y'all because I, I'm not one of those that say, well, I, I'm an independent and I, and I don't pick sides and stuff like that. No, I'm a conservative Republican, right? I'm not going to let the, I'm not going to give the Democrats the satisfaction of taking that away from me because that's what they want in the first place. That's why they put on hoods and sheets because they were terrorists that were dispatched against the Republican Party because the Republican Party is like, hey, man, you can't be infringing on people's God-given rights. Knock it off. Democrats got it through a hissy fit and they formed the KKK mad at Republicans. Right. So I'm not going to give the satisfaction to Democrats by leaving the Republican Party. You know, I'm still I'm a right winger, y'all. Conservative, Republican, Christian first. That's my discipline. But, you know, I see a, a lot of but man, I, I, I'm just not giving over. I'm not I'm not a junkie for this right wing. Uh, uh, what's being done with the right wing? Not that I don't have a problem with the right wing. I got a problem with what's being done with it. Right. And and because the right wing is being mind molested by the left and they don't realize it. It's really sad, man. It's, it's a sad thing to see. And, uh, and I don't have a place really at the table anymore because too many in, in, a, in the conservative camp or Republican voter camp is that the, you don't really see much of me anymore because I don't fit, I don't fit what, they, what they need. I don't fit what they need. They want blacks to apologize. That's the kind of blacks that they want. They want blacks who are going to apologize and say, no, there's, and, and testify that there's no such thing as systemic race. And these are the kind of blacks that, that the conservative mainstream media wants. That's what they want. They want the blacks who say that there's no white supremacy and that there's no systemic racism and there's no white privilege and make these arguments defending white conservatives or white America. That's, that's who they want. They, they want those, right? And I'm not one of them. 
So I'm the one who says, yeah, dude, I'm not, I, I, I'm not holding uh, white conservatives responsible uh, for, for white supremacy, white privilege or anything. It's not, it's not, it's not a, uh, I don't hold you responsible for that. But I do know that when people wanted their white privilege instituted and systemic racism and white supremacy, I know that when they wanted that represented, they went to Democrats. And Democrats are still doing it today. I'm, I'm wise enough to not let the Democrats off the hook when you've got too many conservatives out there who are dropping the ball on that. And the blacks that they want out there represent the, the, the I'm sorry, the, the token Negroes that Democrats talk about, they want those out there. Oh, yeah, put them on Fox News. And so, so, they'll, so they'll testify for us and say that there's no, uh, and they'll say the things that we want them to say, like there's no uh, white supremacy and there's no systemic racism and there's no white privilege. Yeah, put them out there. Who's that Zoe guy? Who, who was he? He he doesn't say those things, so let's just keep him, uh, he doesn't exist, right? Let YouTube go ahead and ban him to the shadows and keep him in a ditch. We'll keep him there, right? But we don't want to hear from him anymore because he doesn't make the apologies for us that we want him to make. He, he talks weird, right? He, 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 he knows, he, 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 he tells us that we can't use the word radical. You can use the word whatever you want, it just has consequences, right? He, he, he gets in the way of, of, of us, you know, uh, um, uh, being puffed up with pride and MAGA and all that sort of stuff, you know, he's, you know, I'm, I'm just not useful in that way, right? I'm not the kind of uh, um, black person that a lot of concern. Not, I'm not, and that doesn't mean that they're racist. I don't, I don't think conservatives are, are racist or anything like that. I just think conservatives have just a wrong approach. Too many, too many conservatives. There's a, there's a blessed few, y'all. There's a blessed few conservatives who do understand. They get it, right? Cats like Bill Whittle. Bill Whittle understands. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe this is something to, to consider, you know, and Bill Whittle's, you know, been on this frequency for a while anyway, right? He, he, he knows, you know, so when you got cats like Bill Whittle, it's like, yeah, um, this is something that, you know, I, I wouldn't mind sharing with folks because maybe folks need to understand this. I'm not, you know, like uh, Bill Whittle doesn't have me on to be an apologist, to apologize, right, for, for white conservatives. That's not why Bill and I connected, you know, Bill's not one of those. You know, it's like, look, man, you know, you got the floor. I, I want I, I, let's 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 share Let's share this perspective, because evidently we got to this position where we have this cheater in the White House, because maybe just maybe maybe conservatives might want to rethink some things, you know. So, you know, Bill's not one of those who who uh, who found me useless. Right. Because I don't toe the line of just saying uh, being being some apologist for 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 white conservatives. Right. I'm trying I'm trying to help y'all. I'm not just trying to tell y'all what you want to hear. I'm trying to tell you what you need to hear. All right. And I'm not going to do you any favors by out there apologizing for you and helping you guys drop the ball and give the Democrats a free shot against you. And that's what conservatives keep doing. That's one of the reasons why they and, they and they keep going to these black conservatives who are helping the Democrats take free shots against you. It doesn't do you any good. To show, so look, we have black people who like us. We have black people who will testify for us. It's like, no, that, that doesn't work. I'm trying to, is it not proven to y'all that it doesn't work? Y'all been listening to this. Y'all don't listen to me. How many of you, you see me on there, right? Nobody, y'all don't listen. You're trying to tell me that my, what I'm trying to tell you doesn't work? No, the method that y'all tried doesn't work. It's proven to not work. You've lost your country, right? And that's by your admission, because y'all keep saying we need to take our country back. We got to take our country back. If you're saying that you need to take your country back, it means you lost your country. And you lost it because you took the wrong approach on it, right? Don't change your values. Don't change your principles or anything like that. You got to change your approach. The strategy has to change, all right? So at any rate, y'all, uh, once again, 
trying, trying, trying to help here. Um, so let's see. Let's go to um, AX056 says, I don't care what color your skin is. And just let me stop right there. Um, for conservatives, that's not a good thing to say. I, I get I understand why you say you don't care what a person's skin color is. I understand why. Because you're just saying, I judge by content of character, not by color of skin. I totally understand. Okay. But please understand there's a, there's a transmission and a reception when it comes to a, a communication, when you send this signal. You have to, you, please take in, bear in mind what a person is receiving. Okay, when you tell somebody that you don't care what their skin color is, people identify themselves with certain things. Uh, yeah, I know, it's identity politics. Doesn't mean that you have to change your principle, it just means that you may need to change the way you communicate how you're saying it. Because everybody has a sense of identity with the things that people identify <clears throat> with the state that they came from, the city that they came from. Oh, Angelino's up in here. Oh, yeah, I'm from Ohio. Or, yeah, people identify with the territory that they came from. That's part of their identity. Right. So it could be the state, the city that they came from. It could be their skin color. It could be their gender. It could be their religion or whichever. When you try to when you go out there saying, I don't care about your skin color and stuff like that. A person doesn't hear you saying, I don't care about your skin color. I care about your character. What they're hearing you say is that when you say that you don't care about my skin color, what you're saying is that you don't care about me. Right. People identify with these things. I don't care if you're a woman. What, you're, what, 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 what a woman here say, oh, what you're saying is that you don't care about me because they identify with being a woman. A person identifies, it's like, it doesn't matter. If you could be white, if you're Irish, I don't care what, you're, what, what part of, you know, uh, uh, what, you're, uh, what culture you're from. I don't care if you're Scottish or Irish. What, what, what that person here is, what, what, well, uh, what, what you're telling me is that you don't care about me. Right. Because they identify with being Irish or they identify with being Scottish. Right. Or, or, or things like that. People identify with their cultures or their or their skin color. So when you tell when you're out there saying, I don't care what you're saying is that you don't care about them. And that's a problem that people have with each other is because people feel like they, people don't care about each other. Right. So that's that's the thing that you might want to change or just reword what you're saying. Just just go ahead and say, look, man, I judge by character, not by color of skin. You know, just go ahead and say the full thing. I judge my character, right? I'm not the kind of person who is like, I'm not hung up on skin color. It's like if I got a, you know, if I see a person who's white, I know they're white. If I know they're Asian. I know they're Mexican. I know they're black. Now from there, I don't make a judgment about it. But I, yeah, I, don't, I don't pretend to be colorblind. You know, there's colors. I, if I'm able to see colors, great, man. Those colors are beautiful. I recognize them, but I don't make any judgments about them, right? Uh, I don't, it's like I either like you or dislike you based on your character. But I don't, you know, tend to tell people, I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white or anything like that because people identify with these things. And when you say that, basically what they hear is, well, you don't care about me. Right. So, you know, it's unfortunate that people are sensitive about that. You know, yeah, it's like um, to my, on that end, I would say, hey, you might not want to be so sensitive. Well, somebody tells you that they don't care about your skin color. Don't be so flippant sensitive and make and take it to mean that they don't care about you. Right. Or they don't care about your people or anything like that. Basically, what that person is telling you is that they don't judge you by your skin color. Their your content, the content of your character is what matters. So people out there, when you hear somebody say, you know, they don't care about your skin color, they're not trying to say that they don't care about you. They're simply saying that they make their judgments on whether they like you or not based on your character. It's nothing to do with your color. All right. So can we come to an, a, you know. A, 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 a place of clear communication about that where people aren't so sensitive or abrasive or insensitive. You got people who are too sensitive. You got people who are too insensitive, you know, concerning these things, you know, let's, you know, give a little, you know, without, you know, but, but like I said, 
uh, usually the ones who are overly sensitive about that, you know, they're not coming from a place that's really solid, you know, uh, emotionally, you know, anyway. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the, um, you know, Abe, hey, on the conservative end, yes, I'm, I feel I'm, I'm speaking to a more reasoned people. And it would not hurt you to reason this out because you're supposed to be the reasonable ones, right? Reason it out and say, okay, yeah, I might want to alter my communication on this. Not the principle, right? Not the principle, not the value, but the angle of which I'm conveying it, all right? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so um, we got, um, eh, who was that? Oh, oh so I, I wanted to finish up with the AX056's comment, who goes on to say, if you've reached that level of professionalism in the military, there's always someone kicking you in the arse to do better. Does anyone think he's not going to get that in law school? <laughs> yeah, ag agreed, man. It's a great point. Um, you know, so this person is feeling like there's, there's all this racism that's going on in the military, and he feels like he's getting picked on and, and pushed around and all that sort of stuff. You think that you ain't going to get that in law school, just like this person said. You think that, you know, in, in, the, field of, in the field of litigation, or if you want to go into politics, you ain't really going to get pushed around? You know, come on, man. Uh, so, and... And while you're going, you know, to, to study law, I mean, wh what you going to be doing, man, when, when, you, when, when it's time for you to practice your arguments and stuff like that? Are you going to accuse the, the other counsel of, of being of, of racism, you know, for being your adversary? <laughs> what you going to do, man? It's not going to make any sense. What's your arguments? Well, you just you're just arguing with me because you're racist. Oh, you you called uh, objection because you're a racist and all that sort of stuff. It's like, is that how it's going to go? No, nobody can disagree with you because if they do, it's racist. That don't make any sense, man. You know, so, you, but obviously this person must want to go into politics. I'm pretty sure he wants to go into politics and, you know, and this person is going to be there basically rubbing elbows with the very party. You know, he's going in, I'm pretty, you know, pretty certain he's going to be in there as a Democrat. He's going to be rubbing with the very the elbows with the very people who are oppressing him, the very people who instituted all this racism that he's insecure about, right? Iron, ironic, right? I'm telling you, I mean, it's, there's, there's just total, full on, Twilight Zone episodes. You can make a new Twilight Zone, man. Uh, give it a different name and stuff like that. Uh, that the, the irony, the haunting irony, and, and the satirical irony that we could make out of this, man. It's 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 so much material. It's it's a it's a dang shame, man, that we don't have support, you know, to to really do a series like that that just totally um, lampoons the the lunacy of what Democrats do. Um, let's see, we got. Uh, Chrono Strike. Chrono Strike says people don't react to reality; they react to their perceptions. All right, uh, the feeling of being outsiders is probably true, but you can, but but can you ever feel comfortable around people you are constantly scrutinizing for secret racism? Uh, the missing element is trust, and being too suspicious of people ensures that you can never develop trust even if they don't actually do anything wrong yeah i agree man uh so that was a chromo strike who said that a chrono strike sorry chrono strike said that um and the sad part is y'all is that the sad the sad irony another uh example of sad irony is that wokeness wokeness is displayed in how much you distrust Right. That's what the whole woke culture is, is basically distrusting people, accusing people of something that they didn't do. Right. And of course, 
we go back to what is this all about? It's Democrats wanting us to go to war with each other because they're trying to tear down the Republic, as I've already explained why, why they want to tear the Republic down. Okay. Um, but, and, and the, the, the strongest weapon to do that y'all, well, one is accusations. That's how the devil introduced death into the world by accusing God of holding out on Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve trusted the devil by default. They trusted the accuser, right? And that's how death gained dominion. This is how America's destruction, just like I, I believe it was Lincoln, right? Who, who Lincoln, who said, Hey, but our, if our country is going to be destroyed, it's going to be from within, right? And we, and the agents of this destruction are the godless. Right. And represented by the Democrat Party. Uh, so it's it's weird, though, that, you know, this wokeness, you know, these people who claim to be so woke, um, their wokeness is for them displayed in how much they distrust people while trusting the very people who are doing them dirty. And that being each other, they're doing each other dirty. Right. And they're and they're and they're imposing that on us as well. But that's that's woke. Right. Uh, let's take a look at what uh, Chris, um, let me see, Chris O'Neill. Chris O'Neill says, I have no doubt that blacks face certain life challenges because of their skin color, but I reject that that means other people don't face certain life challenges because of their immutable characteristics. I'm very tall. He, uh, Chris goes on to say, I'm very tall. I have freckles. And in my younger years, I had bright red hair. Because of those immutable characteristics, I was mercilessly teased and bullied all through my youth. And to this day, I occasionally get a snide remark about my height in particular. I could have, I could have let those challenges pound me into the ground psychologically and socially speaking. Fortunately, I didn't. People need to learn to man up and not let petty, stupid people get to them. Um get to them. If a person insults you or treats you badly, they're showing you their inferiority as a human being, not yours. Sometimes life sucks. Get used to it. Deal with it. If you want to whine, don't look here for sympathy. Okay. Uh, that's, that's some good, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps talk. Uh, however, that would be an example of that very, uh, uh, sorry to say, Chris, it's, it's, it's rather, it's a rather ignorant comment. Uh, and it's very insensitive. And I'll, t I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Uh, it sucks, yeah, that you were teased for being, what, lanky, tall, lanky, red hair, freckles, and stuff like that. Um, however, there wasn't an institution, and it sucks to be te teased and hazed and stuff like that, but there wasn't an institution brought against you, all right, that made it law to oppress you specifically. You see what I'm saying? That's where that's where this kind of falls out. You're 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 taking you're you're examining things through your own life experience, and 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 it, yeah, it, that sucked for you. But there wasn't an institution that was brought against you. There weren't Jim Crow laws brought against you that said, "Hey, no freckles allowed." Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I guess maybe a, a lot of Irish people may tend to have like red hair and freckles. I, I suppose you know, if you're, maybe not if you're the black Irish or whichever. I'm, you know, I'm not sure how that works, but. Uh, you know, because there was the Mina, you know, no Irish need apply and stuff like that. So, you know, they tasted some of that, too. Uh, everybody's uh, tasted racism. You know, everybody's tasted oppression. Right. Um, but I don't think there was an institution of where, you know, uh, people, you know, who fit your description were made. It was a law that made it OK for somebody to say, hey, get up and move out of the way because I want to sit here. All right. I don't think there was an institution where you had to use a different bathroom. 
uh, or, or you couldn't go to school here because you had freckles, right? You can't go to school here. You can't be educated here. You can't uh, be in the military uh, in this capacity. You can't, um, you know, fly planes in this capacity. And if you do fly planes, there has to be a separate thing for you to be in order to fly planes and stuff like that. Um, you know, so there was institutions that were put in, in place uh, that were made to make sure that a certain group of people could not advance in society, right? Now, we don't have that. And if people still butthurting about that today, that's ridiculous um, to, to, to just hold the whole country responsible for that when there is a, a, a group of whites who did that, but for some reason they're loyal to these people, you know, who actually are the white privilege and who did uh, put in systemic racism and stuff like that. There is a, and, and for some reason they're loyal to them. Um, but siding with these people and complaining about the real racism that the racism that the Democrats imposed back then, uh, or trying to compare, like when you have you, for example, trying to compare, you know, your situation to laws, broad sweeping laws that were imposed on people. Uh, I think when you're trying to tell people to man up, I'm sorry, man, but I think it's you who needs to man up. You say you, you decided that your plight is the same, your individual plight is the same as a nation of people, right? A, 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 a multitude of people who were oppressed and made sure that they're, and, and, and were under these apartheid policies that were put on them to keep them from advancing, right? Your, your plight ain't the same, man. It's, it, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that you, know, that you feel that way. Uh, and, and I'm not the kind of person who uh, is hung up on race, man. But when I see stuff like that, it's like, mm, no, nah, dude, it's, it's not even close. And once again, I say to black folks today, you ain't facing, to black folks today, you ain't facing nothing compared to what uh, uh, people of generations ago have faced. People who faced real flipping racism, the real stuff that Democrats, what, what, what you're facing today, I'm not saying that it's not real. What I'm saying that is crazy, I'm, I'm saying that it's crazy because you have aligned yourself with the oppressors. The racism is still real, but you've aligned yourself to the people who have manipulated you and are using you and are using you to, to bring about a, a, a new level of race uh, racism, right? You're given over to that. The racism is still, it's very real and you've partnered with them, you know? So um, you're going to bring it back to where, you know, we're going to see those uh, things come about again, and it's going to be the Democrats who are going to do it, and and you're helping them do it, and it's a really sad thing. Uh, let's see, uh, Tokyo Proud Boys, <laughs> probably you. Uh, all right, <laughs> Tokyo Proud Boys uh, says, um, let me see. I roll my eyes at the constant stream of interracial couples in commercials, not because interracial couples bother bothers me but because I know how deliberate their placement is. Amen. It's, that's why Democrats are totally doing it. It's, this is a manipulation tool. One, they're trying to make us sick of it, and they're trying to make people insecure about it, right, and, and trying to pit people against each other. They're trying to shove this down our throat. They're, they're, it's, they're, there's a strategy to this, y'all. Uh, I've been trying to tell y'all this for a long time, man, trying to tell you this, and, and conservatives are falling for it. And they'll try to use the excuse, well, it's not, it's not because, you know, uh, interracial relationships bother me. 
Democrats don't need that. They, they, you still giving them what they wanted by you saying I roll my eyes at the constant stream of interracial couples in commercials. By you, that's all Democrats said. That's all. That's the only soundbite that they need. That's all they need, and they will use that to move the ball downfield. You just played into their hand, man. You just played into their hand. Because even when you try to cover it by saying, not because interracial couples bothers me. No, no, no. They've already got you saying that you're, you're tired of it, right? That's all they need. You just help them, right? So at any rate, so he, but, but I hear you though, man. I understand what their strategy is, right? I, I know what the strategy is. And they're using black people to promote an agenda, right? I've tried to warn conservatives about this in more subtle, way, subtle ways, but unfortunately, now I got to say it just as blatantly, I guess, as you do, because conservatives didn't flip and listen, right? You try to be polite and try to say, look, man, you know, let's try to, I'm trying to tell you this under radar, you know, where it won't be as detectable by Democrats and we can rework our strategy, you know, in the war room. But unfortunately, conservatives don't get it, you know, so now we just got to be blatant about it and Democrats use that stuff against you. Ah. Okay, anyway, uh, so let's see. It's like the producers of the advertisement are trying to say, hey, look at this, you guys, you, you bigots. This exists. What do you think about that? You know, it's like, I hear you. Yeah, that's, that's what Democrats are doing. Uh, yeah, our minds are not blown. And that's pretty insulting. I'm actually in an interracial relationship myself and don't really think much about it. But clearly they do. Right. So and, and obviously, you know, you're in a in a in a interrelational relationship because, um, you know, probably your significant others insecure about what they are and they're ashamed of it and they want to be something else. And that's why you guys get to date. And, you know, that's just the childish stuff that Democrats um, play. Right. And y'all, this is one of the reasons why I did um, Sinisterbia. You know, I was hoping to get more support for that. I'm not trying to, you know, guilt trip anybody because the, the, the Democrats, they caught on to it and they made sure that it was squashed, right? That hardly anybody saw it. It was just a, a low budget, you know, parody that I had put together. I wanted to make a series. I wanted to make an analogy, uh, uh, an uh, anthology out of these, make a series of it, pointing out the irony of uh, the stuff that Democrats do. And uh, in these episodes, in this episode, um, you know, that we did earlier on, you know, as early as 2016, uh, you know, it showed a um, you know interracial couple. You know, myself and, and uh, I had you know someone playing my spouse, and I wanted to get ahead of this. It's like, look, man, we need to get ahead of this. Just show because most of the conservative, I think most of the conservatives that I know, are in interracial relationships. You know, it's it's not it's it's a thing that we don't really make a big deal out of, you know, because, hey, people are people, man. It's like people fall in love, you know, that's just the way it is. It's a wonderful thing. You know, if, if you're just on their frequency and you guys get along, um, uh, you, you just get along, you know, and if you're attracted to each other, you're just attracted to each other. It doesn't matter, you know, what your nationality is, you know, that's just, it's just the way it is. If you're on each other's frequency, that's, that's, that's what's up. Um, so, and I know a lot of conservatives, a lot of, I think most of the conservatives I know they're, they're in interracial relationships because they just, they just get each other. Okay. Um, so, and I, in the episode of Sinisterbia that I did, that's what I wanted to get ahead of because y'all, I know how Democrats are. I know how they are. And I knew that they were going to be the ones who wanted to, to, to jump in front with this narrative to make it look like they're the ones who are tolerant of it. And you're the worst people conservatives because you guys are against it. 
right? You guys haven't, you guys aren't ahead on this. You guys are still in the, in the, in the stone age as far as this goes. You guys are just still all about your whiteness and anybody else who's not white are just a bunch of tokens and you guys don't believe in this sort of stuff. And, and, and we're the ones who are progressive and we're ahead of the curve on this. Oh, and by the way, uh, since uh, interracial, we're so about interracial relationships, you can see how we should be able to get those sympathy votes for same-sex relationships, right? That's how black people are being used, right? So, so uh, Democrats have been doing this. And I tried with, with conservatives, like, look, dude, get a handle on this and get ahead of it before Democrats do because they're going to use it for the wrong reasons. Show that this is something that's already normal, right? Is it, is it the predominant? No, but it's can't, you, you can't see it as definitely predominant because white people are, 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 are the, um, you know, a high population, right? It's just higher in population. So it's not like you're going to see this everywhere. No, of course not. It's just not possible because the math won't add up on it. But is it natural for conservatives to say, look, man, if, if I fall in love with you, it's because I just fell in love with your character. I don't necessarily have a preference, right? It's not, it's, it's like, you know, and people do, and, and it's not wrong to have preferences. If a person uh, prefers a particular skin tone or it's like you have your preference. The, 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 the bigotry comes in when you reject a person because they're a different nationality, right? Uh, if you have a preference, Right. If you have a preference for a, a particular nationality, that's that that is when it kind of gets into uh, or not. Not. a that, No. If you have a preference, there's nothing wrong. It's like you're attracted to certain attributes. I don't blame you. You're going to spend the rest of your life with a person. Hey, try to get what you you know what you want. Be who, what you're attracted to. If you prefer a certain skin color, you prefer a certain eye shape, you prefer a, a, a certain characteristics in a person's uh that come with a certain nationality that is typical, if I may, of a certain nationality. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, there's exceptions to every rule and whatnot. That doesn't make you uh, a bigot. That's that's not bigotry uh, when you have these kind of preferences. But when you reject or you're like, I absolutely not date outside of my race. Yeah, that's that's something else. Right. But if you just prefer certain things, if you prefer dating within your race. Right. That's one thing. If you're opposed to dating outside of your race, that's something else. That's just big. That's elitism and stuff like that. That's something that's not really prevalent, you know, with conservatives. That's not a, that's not really a thing with conservatives, right? It, it, it's, it exists in some places, uh, but you know, like I said, I only say that out of maybe just because it's 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 human nature, and I don't I don't I don't just you know assume. I'm not assuming that. Oh, that's just how it absolutely is. I haven't met these people, but I can't rule out that it exists, but I haven't met them, right? Because with conservatives, it typically is, yeah, dude, it's the content of your character that matters. I don't really have this. I'm not going to reject a person just because of their nationality and not want to fall in love just because they're not the same um, nationality as me, right? I don't like to use the word ethnic. That's a gross misappropriation of words. Uh, I have videos that explain that, right? But in terms of their nationality, uh, that's not really a a, a conservative uh, mindset. Uh, but in Sinisterbia, that was one of the things that I wanted to help conservatives get ahead with in, in this, uh, in this satire because conservatives should have cornered that. And it's like, conservatives, you, you want to corner this, man. You want to make sure that you claim ground on this because if you don't, the liberals are going to get ahead on it and they're going to use this stuff against you. And it's more leverage for them to get this race war that they want. We should have put the brakes on that, but unfortunately it was difficult to get the support for that too. And like I said, a lot of it's because Democrats already saw what I was doing and they made sure a lot of people didn't see 
uh, my efforts to try to put this series out. So they hid it from everybody with the shadow banning. Uh, and but I tried, you know, with conservatives, like, dude, don't don't let them shadow ban me. I don't let them take this away. Support this so I can keep more stuff like this coming. And uh, unfortunately, just the support wasn't there. So once again, the Democrats, they they got the ball. Right. Uh, let's see. And uh, one more, y'all. One more. Uh, let's see. Greg C says, what do you call a black man flying a plane? A pilot, you racist. <laughs> I like that. That was good. All right. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. Hey, make sure you visit. I hope you guys visit the site if you guys appreciate this content. And you would like to see these, you know, placed in more creative means where we can try to, you know, connect with people with more imaginative mediums, you know, because that's how liberals get to them. They get to them by tapping into their imagination so they can lie to them, right? Let's use that same kind of stuff to be able to tap into their imagination so we can convey the truth to them, you know, capture their attention. So if you support, you know, we can put these well, I hope you guys think that these are well-reasoned perspectives that I put out there uh, and put them in more creative means so we can, you know, connect with these people and, and promote some sanity in the culture, y'all. So you can do that by visiting Bronze Serpent Media, uh, bronzeserpentmedia.com. It's in the description box. You know, hit that tip jar. Y'all drop a buck in the bucket if you want, right? One or two or whichever. Uh, you can connect with me on Patreon and all that sort of stuff. You can get the merch, y'all. Get these shirts, man. True rule books. For it. Don't, give, don't let Saul Alinsky have that. Don't let Saul Alinsky claim what a radical is. He doesn't know what a radical is. He's not a radical at all. He's a rebel, right? Like the one he dedicated his book to. Talking about Satan, Lucifer being the first radical. Lucifer wasn't a radical. He was a rebel, right? If he was a radical, he would have stayed rooted in the word of God, Right? This is the real rule book for radicals right here, y'all. The word of God. Get this shirt out, man. Don't, 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 don't help these liberals control the narrative on this. To say that there's a rule book for radicals, it's not. It's a rule book for rebels. Right? Saul Alinsky. Don't, don't let him, don't, don't be agents of helping him promote that lie. Right? Be the real radicals. Rooted in the word of God. Radicals standing up against the rebellion uh, the rebellious against the Constitution, right? All right, y'all. Thank you so much, and we will see you in the next one. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in for some Sledge Covers, where I put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day, particularly from the 70s and the 80s. Bell bottoms to parachute pants, baby. If you dig what you hear, you can download all these songs for free, or drop a buck in the guitar case if you like. I wouldn't mind that. You can also check out original 20-pound sledge jams, too. You can also download all those for free or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on! Ain't no seats, only guys dancing beat.
play stop. Okay, song stopped. What's up? Man, I feel kind of silly singing the quadilly quad quad parts. Really? Yeah. Actually, you know what's really silly, man? What? You in here talking to yourself and posting it online. And playing with yourself, too. I play the instruments myself. Don't get it twisted, pervert. I know you are, but what am I? I'll give you a hint. I'm you. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. Want to get back to that silly sing-along, hmm?
Uh-huh.